Good evening, my fellow Americans. Take some red pill. We're at war with the most dangerous enemy that has ever faced mankind in his long climb from the swamp to the stars. The disastrous rise of misplaced power exists. All we have built, all we have worked for, would be destroyed. There is nothing the political establishment will not do. And this nation will not be fully free until all its citizens are free. Our arms must be mighty, ready for instant action. These criminals cannot be rewarded. So that no potential aggressor may be tempted to risk his own destruction. There is a point beyond which they must not advance. They're coming after you and I'm just standing in their way. Here I am. You and I have a rendezvous with death. The cost of freedom is always high. Those who had the most to lose did the least to prevent its happening. Our movement is about replacing a failed and corrupt political establishment well, I think it's time we ask ourselves if we still know the freedoms that were intended for us by the Founding Fathers. This is a crusade! This is a holy war against the deep state! We never wanted to be right, but yet things are all adding up to the firestorm. When, in the course of human events, it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands which have connected them with another and to assume among the powers of the earth the separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and of nature's God entitle them. A decent respect to the opinions of mankind requires that they should declare the causes which impel them to the separation. We hold these truths to be self-evident and that all men are created equal and that they are endowed by their creator with certain un... What's that word there? Unalienable. With certain unalienable rights that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That whenever any form of government becomes destructive of these ends, it is in the right of the people to alter or abolish it and to institute new government. The history of the present King of Great Britain is a history of repeated injuries, all having in direct object the establishment of an absolute tyranny over these states. In every stage of these oppressions, we have petitioned for redress in the most humble terms. Our repeated petitions have been answered only by repeated injury, a prince, whose character is thus marked by every act which may define a tyrant is unfit to be the ruler of a free people. We, therefore, the representatives of the United States of America, solemnly publish and declare that these United Colonies are, and of right ought to be, free and independent states, that they are absolved from all allegiance to the British Crown, and for the support of this declaration with a firm reliance on the protection of divine providence, we mutually pledge to each other our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. Bless you. God save our American states! God save our American states! Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are in the world. My name is Josh. That is Vince Tagliavia. This is the Red Pill Project's Daily Dose, live with you Monday through Thursday, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That was a reading of the Declaration of Independence from the movie John Adams there. And uh, yeah, that is, uh, it's powerful. It's powerful when you understand what they were up against and what they were actually trying to do. And whether there is a, a larger conspiracy behind that of who funded it and who allowed it to happen and those types of things is irrelevant to the fact that they did it, that they went against the ruling monarchies of the time and they separated themselves from that form of government and freed themselves to basically devise an, a government for themselves of the people, by the people and for the people, which came out to be a republic as Ben Franklin once said, is, Mr. Franklin, what type of government do we have? He goes, a republic, if you can keep it. 
And today we find out what that really means is, can you keep it? Because we've turned into a democracy. We've turned into a democracy that is eroding quickly into communism, into socialism, into this far left ideology. So welcome to the Red Pill Project's Daily Dose. We had our new intro play tonight. A few little touch-ups coming on that one, but uh, I like it. it. It's pretty good. I, I our, our good friend did a good job. And so uh, thanks to Nate out there for putting that together. And awesome. uh, yeah, it was pretty cool. And I had to play the decentralized media because decentralized media is coming. Uh, we are in the process of getting that rocking and rolling. Tons of new shows. We're going to have a new so- shows coming on the Red Pill Project here in the next few weeks. And then eventually everything will just transition over to decentralized media on the channel. Uh, Jim Price's show typically will come on sometime after this show. Um, it just, it took me a long time to upload his show last night. He's got to do the, the lower uh, quality ones. I can't do the 1.5 gigabyte files, uh, but Jim Price's show will be airing after my show. Um, he, he actually broadcast that about 4 PM Eastern time or 5 PM Eastern time. No, 4 PM Eastern time to 5 PM. Um, but instead we're going to play it on our channel at uh, 9 p.m. after this show. And then after that, if you didn't notice last night on all the channels besides the primary website, we had the uh, Red Pill Night Stream with the replay of all of our shows. There's quite a few shows and uh, a few little uh, nuggets in there. There We had Michael Tessarian's uh, Atlantis on there last night. I got a good one for tonight. Tonight uh, we will be playing um, uh, a Fringe episode and the Earthing movie, which is actually one of my favorites. Mm. And so there'll be uh, the night stream will be playing tonight, probably right after the Jim Price show is when it should be set up. Uh, once I get all that set up, you'll know, you'll have the notifications, but check that out, guys. I mean, just, you know, if you're out there and you have nothing to do, you're not sleeping, go ahead and go to our Rumble channel, give us a like or whatever, and and watch uh, the night stream. We're going to be doing that every night. So it's uh, it's back. We're bringing it back. It's time. That's right. <laughs> um but it's time to spread the news, to spread the information, spread the truth. And that's what we do here at the Red Pill Project is we we do a lot of research. We put a lot of uh, a lot of heart, a lot of energy, a lot of blood, sweat and tears into this to, to deliver this for you guys every night. So much appreciated for all of our supporters out there. We have the battle of the streams going on, as well as all of those who have signed up for subscriptions in the social red pill. That is our bread and butter. That's how we stay alive. Uh, that's how we're able to, to do this operation day in and day out. So thank you so much for all that. Uh, socialredpill.com. If you're interested in supporting us, that's the best place to do it. Um, as well as everybody out there. I mean, Vince was just telling me we've had quite a few people contact us about uh, Pet Club 247 and their mushrooms, yes. uh, mushroom supplements. And whether it's the animal mushroom supplements with uh, the, the the sauce or the, the biscuits and the cookies for the kids or the coffee um, or actually the various color uh, mushroom tablets there. Everything is fantastic and people are having a lot of great success with it. So I'm, I'm happy that, you know, we could help introduce the, those to those people. So if you haven't checked it out, go on over to redpills.tv slash mushroom for the mushroom product. You can, and you can navigate from there or you can go to redpills.tv slash coffee if you want the coffee or redpills.tv slash pets is another one. Um, actually, Kurt and Kristen will probably be on next week. I think they got a, a special going on with the uh, coffee and cookies or something. So we're going to talk about them about Christmas, and they have a few more success stories as well because that's what happening now is all these success stories coming in. Um, tonight's episode is called Earth Changes, and there's a specific reason why I call it Earth Changes. Vince, you remember a few weeks ago we were talking about the volcanic activity, of earthquakes, and everything like that? Oh yeah, yeah, of course, of course. Um, what did I say typically would happen uh, a few weeks later, usually within a two week period? Yeah, we've got the solar storm connection. I, I said that there would probably be a very, very strong solar flare, right? Or I think it was the solar flare, and then you said there'd be an earthquake, and then earthquakes and solar flare. I don't know. Well, remember. they usually they they precede and then they follow. Okay, so this is uh, NASA. And weather experts have alerted that the solar storm can hit the Earth on November 30th, causing a blackout of radio and GPS signals. Okay, so that's one. 
And now we are seeing that it's potentially a, uh, a strong M-class flare at 9.82. So it's a massive M-class wow. flare that is headed towards us. Um, Uh-oh. I wish like some some scientists would reach out and be like, Josh, so tell me about this theory with earth changes, earthquakes, and volcanic activity and solar flares, because obviously no one else sees patterns, but just us over here. But earth changes. Yeah. And I wanted to point the earth changes aspect out because there's a lot of stuff happening in the political sphere, and we're going to talk about some of the news. I got a bunch of stuff open right now. Uh, but a few things that I wanted to talk about were things on the fringe and and the reason is is because number one (laughs) did you see that the united nations so we have obviously the solar flare so i've talked about this that we have heightened solar activity that is increasing on this planet and is going to increase over the next uh couple of uh years it's going to get a little bit crazier on this planet to where we're going to have a lot more severe activity and i believe that these are various galactic cycles that we're experiencing right now that the people who are in control and in charge, the, the globalists, the Kabbalists, whoever you want to call them, they're aware of these cycles and they're utilizing those cycles as they come about um, with the psychological warfare of global warming and climate change to basically push their agenda. Hmm. All right. So today we saw. Oh, did Elon Musk remove his? Uh... Oh, yes, he did. Oh, man. That's interesting. Yeah. Uh, United Nations set to call on Americans to reduce meat consumption because of climate change. Do you see this? Yeah. I told eat a dick, UN. I see it all. <laughs> we can't eat that. It's not vegan. Yep. So meat consumption will be the target <laughs> of the UN COP28. Uh, after the 20th conversation, the parties of COP28 uh, scheduled for Dubai at the end of the month. The UN Food and um, Agricultural Organization, the FAO, will advise citizens and wealth of wealthy nations to eat less meat in order to help mitigate the climate crisis. Now, one thing that I've said about this is, yes, they're going to go after the climate. They're going to go after people that they believe are hurting the climate. They're going to go after meat eaters. And this is why Bill Gates has been investing tons of money in the mystery meats, synthetic meats, and bug food. And um, farmland. And farmland. But one of the other keys to this is water. Water wars are coming, people. Understand that. Water wars are coming. They're they're not just going to attack your food, which they've been doing for 50 years. They're coming for your water, and they're coming for your air. Now, uh, the climate conference is going to be interesting. Who gives a shit? Honestly, these are just globalists. They need to be shut down. Um, At the end of the day, though, what we're seeing is that they are setting the narrative. They are setting the foundation for something that's rolling out that's much, much greater. Now, if you tie in the climate change, the earth changes, the actual Mm -hmm. solar cycles that are occurring, which is going to bring about more severe um, solar weather and cosmic weather. We just had that cosmic particle that shot down the earth, the strongest one they've seen ever recorded. Um, You're going to see a lot more of that. And I've been saying that you're going to see this over the last three to four years that you're going to have an increase of cosmic bombardment and solar radiation onto the planet. And this is exactly what we're seeing right now. And they're going to utilize those things as actual events that are happening in a cyclic nature as a um, as a way to push their agenda and blame it on human beings for causing it and blame it on climate change, so on and so forth. So here's one of the thoughts. We just had an Iranian-backed hackers breach the Pennsylvania water control station. Okay? Yes, yes. They displayed anti-Israeli messages. Okay. The Russians for the longest time wanted to try to um, hack into the U.S. water supply systems because they believed that they could poison the water supply systems. They could change culture. They could brainwash people. They could kill people really fast, really easy and, and be done with the war with one single shot. At the time, we had a very decentralized water infrastructure in this country. That is long since gone. Uh, there's there's a lot of small towns that live on springs and aquifers, 
But as we see with more and more railroad crashes, more rail train crashes and things like East Palestine, Ohio, is that a lot of those aquifers are being poisoned to no end by various different dangerous chemicals being pumped into the ground and pollution and waste. But see, this is what gave them this idea, I think, because... Um, Mark Antony and a few other guys I was with down in Tennessee, by the way, Mark Antony, uh, uh, guy big on border. He's been talking about this for, for years, uh, in the hospital. So please say a prayer for him. Um, he's, he's in the ICU dealing with a few things. Our heart and prayers go out to him, but they were talking about this and he was saying specifically, he goes, did you ever wonder why tons, <clears throat> not pounds? not ounces, tons of fentanyl is coming over the border. Like nobody is going out there and purchasing fentanyl to consume. Okay. No, people do mm, actually. Very, very, very rare. Very rare. No, okay. not in my state. It's very common. It's in all okay, a lot of well, drugs, but it, it, it's, no, no. What, what you're talking about is heroin being cut with fentanyl. No, all drugs. There's, Okay. Well, yes, all drugs, but primarily the biggest epidemic that we're having with the fentanyl epidemic today is drugs tainted with fentanyl, whether it's cannabis, whether it's heroin, these types of things. Okay. So that is one of the biggest problems that we're seeing right now is heroin is being cut with it. it Marijuana is being laced with it. Um, it. Cocaine is being laced with it. I've seen a few of these reports is that fentanyl is being put into everything. The Mexican drug cartels have even came out and told all of their distributors, stop sending fentanyl over the border. If you continue to do it, we will fucking kill you. Okay. How much are we really consuming? Because we hear stories of busts where it's like enough fentanyl to kill 700 trillion people is recovered today. Yeah. And that's just what they find. Well, here's, here's the big picture. Who's producing the fentanyl? China. China. They're bringing it over through the cartels in Mexico. The cartels are working against the actual cartels that work for the CIA. But why would they want so much fentanyl here in the United States? They don't care that it's in the storage facility of these cities. By the way, I I want people to to recognize this kind of from this perspective. Um, 60,000 pounds of ammonium nitrate was stolen from a train that still has not been located and nobody knows what happened to it. Um, Just a few weeks ago, 400 bulletproof vests um, 400 uh, weapons and police officer uniforms were oh, all yeah. stolen, um, and nobody knows what happened with all that stuff. What they thought, what they showed you is that they can easily break into these police vaults and these police transports without anybody even noticing. They can steal 60,000 pounds of ammonium nitrate directly under the nose of a moving train, and nothing's going to happen. Tons of fentanyl exists in these police vaults. What happens when pandemonium skyrockets? The anti-Palestinian protest turns into the next George Floyd riots. Liberal city cities start to get overturned and sleeper cells like uh, the uh, Hezbollah's Unit 910 get the action call to go active. And you have thousands of terrorist cells throughout all of these liberal cities that go active all at the same time. Moving in 10 group units, 100 to 200 per major city. And what do they hit? They hit the police stations and the police depots. They go immediately to these vaults. They grab the fentanyl. They go down to the public water supply and they dump it in the public water supply. The next morning, people turn on their faucets. Immediately put your hand under dead. Millions upon millions would die within an hour before anybody could ever stop it. Mm -hmm. And your skin absorbs it. So you're you're right. Yep. Your skin absorbs it. And there's not enough Narcan in this country to deal with that. Now, if you imagine that happening, primarily, let's just say in the top 10 liberal cities in this country, if they're successful in the top 10 liberal cities in this country, That's approximately 20 million people affected who would use water at least once an hour. Gosh, it's maybe more than that, no? Probably a lot more than that. And it's not going to be just like a day-long event, hypothetical event. 
it would be they would find figure it out eventually right so police officer would find out they'd air it on the radio they'd get the word across people would stop using don't the water. drink the water the water's tainted. how long until they fix that problem years so what does that mean happens with water scarce water they turn it off we can't turn we the water turn on for your safety that's right that water now is dangerous. It just killed millions of people overnight. Everybody's afraid of water. Nobody wants to drink it. So you're only going to take your water from trusted sources. And now water's scarce. It's $15, $20 a bottle coming from trusted sources. Do you see how this operates? Do you see how they put all that together? Our 15-minute city has a clean water supply. Or 15 minutes city has perfect water and it's not get hacked and nobody can get fentanyl on the door. And yeah, yeah, F that. So I think that we understand what can potentially happen here. So I, I'm getting a house with a well. Why not? If you have a well, you I would have love nothing to worry about. Yeah, I could dig a well in a day or two. Mm -hmm. I don't have one. I would love one. And, and, you know, the water I grew up with in my hometown is contaminated. Tetrahydrocycline uh, or something like that. One, that of, the one of the chemicals from, from Kodak. Oh, gosh. I mean, tons of rare brain cancers, breast cancers, all different types of cancers throughout my town. And Kodak's wow. like, we don't, know, we don't know what's going on here. My grandma, after, my grandma actually went after them in the 1990s when wow. she had a double mastectomy. Yeah. But yeah, so listen, they've been contaminated in the soil, the water, the food, and the air for a long time. They are moving towards what we would consider to be endgame. Endgame is coming. If we look at what they're setting up, if we look at how the narrative is being construed, number one is that we're entering into a solar maximum cycle where we have a what I would call a galactic increase cycle. Okay, galactic increase cycle. Basically, if you look at how the Earth, our, our solar system, moves around the galaxy, how it operates and moves around the galaxy, it goes through various different seasons. It goes through spring, it goes through summer, it goes through fall, and it goes through winter. We just came out of winter or entering into spring. What does that mean? It means that you're increasing the energy state of the cosmic particle bombardment onto this planet. When that happens, it increases the electrical potency of our actual sun, basically causing the planets to have more fluctuative, variable, and stronger weather patterns. This is what many, many of the ancient cultures through various different ideologies, philosophies, and religions were trying to tell us. This is the heart of a lot of the research that I've done, and we're seeing it firsthand. You know, for since 2010, I've been sitting here going... Earthquakes, earth changes, volcanic activity is directly linked to solar stores, cosmic cosmic ray bombardment, and solar uh, radiation bombardment, M-class flares, X-rays, these types of things. And people are like, oh, there's no proof of that. I'm like, dude, just look. Like, you can see the patterns. And that's been increasing and increasing and increasing. Now, another thing, 2012, and I talked about this on the show before. In 2012, and I don't know if this is a fringe topic. I don't know if this is some type of psychosomatic aspect of things, but people believed it was going to be the end of the world. Well, there was actually two events that took place in July of 2012 that should have ended the world. They were two M-class flares that came from the sun, and they spanned millions upon millions of miles, and when they hit the earth, they should have knocked us back to the freaking ice age. And when they when it did that, it would have destroyed. I mean, they've said that if an EMP or if a solar flare hit us like a Carrington type of event here in the modern world, 85% of each country's population would perish. Now you gotta be like, well, how is that gonna happen? Because 85% of the population lives on the coastland, they're in concentrated areas, and they're dependent upon the various different facilities that are required to live in those areas. Uh levees, dams, these types of things, and you have medicine, hospitals, you start adding all of that up and you start talking about a lot of people yeah. and then a lot of people dying from the crime and the violence that portrays after these types of things. Mm -hmm. And so if those two events hit us in 2012, we would have been goners. But here's the thing, is the governments of the world decided to keep it a secret from you. They decided not to tell you. 
they decided to say, well, if they hit us, they hit us. We'll be prepared. And instead, what actually happened, and this was classified until 2014. You can look this up. What actually happened is they don't know. They don't know why these solar flares missed us. One of them went between the earth and the moon, almost like it was deflected in front of the earth this way. They don't know why that happened. They don't know how that happened. It's impossible because a solar flare branches out and expands out like this. Okay. So it should have engulfed the moon and the earth and everything about the other one was deflected far out in front of the earth. And someone described it as almost as if the earth had some type of mechanism that was protecting it. I actually think there's another situation going on here. I told you it can be a little fringy at first here. Check this out. CIA secret office has conducted UFO retrieval missions on at least nine crash sites around the world. Whistleblower reveals the global, uh, the office of global access, the OGA, the wing of the CIA has played a central role in collecting alien spacecraft since 2003. At least nine, non, uh, nine non-human craft have been recovered by the U S government. Some wrecked from crash and two completely intact. The CIA has a system in place that can discern UFOs while they are still cloaked and a special military units are sent to salvage the wreckage sources say. So think about that for a second. Okay. Think about that for a second. If these things are, I don't care if you think they're demonic or interdimensional, if they're angelic, I don't, I don't care. Don't care. There's a technology operating in and around our planet. I was, I was going through some old videos last night, Vince. Um, from one of my mm-hmm. old phones. And I found this mm-hmm. video that I posted on my TikTok last time before it got uh, deleted. This is an event that happened to me in my backyard in Colorado. I was sitting out there, my little mm-hmm. laser pointer, and I'm watching these objects blink and go out. I watched seven of them come to the same point. I was I, I shut my, my blinker there at the same point. All of a sudden you see, boom, choo, stops and goes slow. Boom, blink, seven of them in a row, boom. And I filmed it. I put this on my TikTok. These aren't planes flying through the sky going, you know, Mach 7 and then slowing down and and doing 10 miles per hour, okay? These are craft that are either maybe ours, I don't know, but there are craft operating in in and out of our planet that are well advanced beyond anything that we know of in modern civilization, okay? Whether these are ancient recovered craft, reverse engineered craft, or there's operators within these craft that are not human beings. This is what I'll say. Okay. I don't know. But what I can say is that there's a potential that what happened in 2012 of these solar flares deflecting away from us. What if it was them? What what if they preserved us, helped protect us? What if what the conversation that David Whitehead and myself talk about a lot is that earth is owned Earth is a slave planet, and we are nothing oh. more than chattel. And they that were protecting they were protecting their, their farm. Damn. Yep. Stephen Greer would be an amazing guest. Um, unfortunately, Stephen Greer has turned us down not to come on our show. Apparently, our audience is not big enough for him and his fucking inflated ego. So, unfortunately. I like I liked Stephen Greer until... <laughs> until they he said that to me in an email and I told him I basically told him to go fuck off but anyways that's a long story <laughs> no it's not it was a nice short sweet story <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of a nice short sweet story <clears throat> not sure he's a great guy Sometimes. I could care less oh, um, wow. he, what a theory dude yep well so, something to think about that's for sure it does I mean there's a lot of things happening so you have to take all of this in the context with all the chaos that's ensuing right now. Now, what we know we have is we have a group of human beings on this planet that are working towards a global domination. They want a centralized world government or authority that is either privatized, oligarchical, controlled, totalitarian dictatorship, or businesses and corporations through fascism controlled the governments basically through policy and regulation that trickle down to the people. Or they want a centralized government entity that does the inverse towards the the financial industries and the business industries, very similar to the quasi-system that you have in China. 
that are centralizing power in that form and fashion to basically organize the whole planet into a one world government state, something that we know of as the new world order. That is undeniable right now. Now, take yourself back to the 1990s when we were talking about the New World Order and 90% of the people saying, mm. you guys are crazy. Mm. You don't know what you're talking about. Now, let's apply that right now to the UFO conversation. We're having. Oh, yeah. It's same kind of people are like, that's really far out. And who, yeah, right. You're crazy. And maybe in 10, 20 years, it'll be everybody. Apply the be same logic. Apply the right same now. logic. But mm. what I want you to understand is that there are certain things that are happening in this world. Number one is that we have geologic activity. We have volcanic activity, earthquakes. We're going to have severe storms this next summer coming into 2024. We're going to have big hurricanes, big tornadoes. That is going to happen. We're probably going to have a very short, cold, but bad winter. Yeah, I I think uh, a lot of people are talking about potential uh, blizzards. Yep. So we're going to have those situations occur because that's typically what happens when you have these massive solar and galactic changes that begin to fluctuate the cosmic particle bombardment versus solar particle bombardment and increases the propensity of both Mm. of them as the planetary system moves through a heightened electromagnetic field, if you want to look at it like this. It's not a heightened electromagnetic, it's a charged ionized field, but you look at it as an electromagnetic field. The solar cycle is about 11 11 years too when it goes from high levels to low levels of activity, right? Right. And it was about that long ago the last time the East Coast had massive uh, blizzards in winter. So people are saying this year, ready. 2012, 11 years ago. So. So we, we have those things are happening. They are going to utilize those as a mechanism to implement this centralized tyrannical control that they're bringing about. The process of the the unfolding, the setting of the narrative, the setting of the foundation of everything that they want in place, and then the unfoldment of the chaos is what I call the firestorm. And we have been in the firestorm for a very long time. It's just becoming more and more prevalent as the days go on. It becomes more and more obvious that this is what is happening. So, There's going to be various parts of our society that are affected by this. Number one is you're going to have society and culture. We talked about this a little bit last night about how society and culture is affected by this with the the fourth turning and the generational fluctuation and change and why that happens because you come into this, this renaissance, this awakening period, and then things get really, really good as people come out of these points of misery and you have this great awakening point and period where humanity wakes up, they rise up to the call and the duty, they they save the planet, they save the country, they bring freedom in, and then the life for the next 40 years becomes very, very boring because there's not much going around and the next generation gets brought up being nothing but a bunch of pussies and then they rise up into leadership positions and screw everything up and then that, that process has to repeat because now you have the weak people on that side of the house and so the same thing happens in the sense of the cycles of our sun and our planet and our climate okay but we're talking about this the societal and the cultural changes the shifts that are happening right now are weak-minded people allowing their creativity and influence to take over the the zeitgeist of humanity through processes of psychological warfare and manipulation Mm-hmm. That's like what this, you're seeing. Yeah, the whole natural way of things is being taken advantage of by people that want to maintain a certain status or control over the world. That's right. And so to preserve their power, they know that they need to have humanity in a certain foundational state. Right? They they need to have a certain infrastructure set up for when things do collapse and go to a point of chaos that they go, hey. We're your saviors. We got everything right here for you. Look, it's all ready to go. Move into our 15-minute city. We got fresh air, clean water, no fentanyl, plenty of food for you to eat. We even have universal basic income. And all those weak people are going to be like, oh, my God, where's my mask? Let's go. Let's go in there. Oh, do I need sunglasses too? Like, that people will flock in there. And you know what? Let them. Let them. We will be the rebels. We will be the outsiders. We will be the ones that stand up and say, fuck you, not happening, not today, not on my watch. 
You're going to lose Satan. We'll be armed to the teeth. And if they want to abandon this, if they want to abandon the small towns, if they want to abandon everybody else and go live in their 15 minute cities, go right ahead and do it. We will be fine out here on our own because people like you, me, Everybody in this audience, we are preparing for those bad times that we know are coming. Our parents, our grandparents, they taught us well. And the one thing that they taught us above all else was get shit ready for when it hits the fan. Be ready. And, it, you know, my grandma, my grandfather, my father always used to say is always be prepared for the worst. Because if the worst comes and you're not prepared, you'll be dead. And, and, and see, that's the thing is I'd rather be prepared and nothing ever happen than not be prepared, have it all come crashing down. And now myself and my family have to suffer because of that unpreparation. And I think everybody out there feels the same way. So one of the things that we're doing on the social red pill is we have, you probably saw if you're going in there, look at the subscriptions because we're going all subscription on that platform. One thing you saw was town halls, town halls. Every Saturday, we're going to get together and somebody will be presenting at the town hall. Excuse me. One of our guys is going to come on. He's going to talk about, I think, uh, AR 15s, uh, gun maintenance, how to shoot marksmanship, uh, self-defense, close quarter combat, uh, hunting, all different types of things, what you should be doing with your firearm, how you should be getting ready and prepared. Uh, we have uh, V Lynn that's going to come on and talk about electroculture. We have people are going to come on and talk about homesteading, farming and raising rabbits, uh, homeschooling. We have all of these things that we're offering in that because why we're getting prepared because we know these things are coming down the line. Okay. Um, does that mean that we're going to be out without electricity? We're going to be living nomadic? No, absolutely not. I mean, look at Venezuela at the time and point of their collapse that they had in 2010. Dude, people still had electricity and running water. Okay? That wasn't a problem. The problem was yeah. is the money was just crap. Well, and there's different degrees in which shit could possibly hit the fan. Yep. So, And, and you know, one of the things that, you know, saved the people in Venezuela, you want to know what it was? What what was? Cryptocurrency. Oh, what saved them? Crypto? People were able to start trading in cryptocurrency. This is what actually gave El Salvador the idea. El Salvador used to be a, an MS-13 gang haven where you wouldn't be able to go to that country unless you're, if you're white, unless you were, wanted to get killed. I've actually been to San Salvador. I'm probably one of, uh, you know, maybe thousands of Americans have probably been there. Uh, we were the first military asset to go to El Salvador in over 25 years. And we had presidential escort and police escorts everywhere we got. If it was just two of us walking around, we had a police escort with three to four men everywhere we went. Because that's how freaking dangerous it was there. Now, the fucking place is a utopia. The, the place has zero crime, zero murder. They put all the MS-13 in jail and kicked them out of their, their country. Okay? And they're thriving. Why? Cryptocurrency. But decentralized cryptocurrency. Not central bank cryptocurrency that you see being uh, formulated by Larry Fink and BlackRock and all these people. But decentralized cryptocurrency that cannot be controlled. And so this is why you see this. The U.S. Treasury Department now seeks new power from Congress to go after crypto and fintech platforms uh, because of groups like Hamas and Hezbollah and terrorist organizations. No, they want to come after you. They want to regulate you. There's no law passed by Congress that says that they have the ability to, to regulate or produce policy on virtual or digital currencies or cryptocurrencies. But yet they still try to yeah. do it each and every year, especially on your taxes. It's a felony <laughs> if you don't say this on your taxes. According to who? I haven't seen one piece of legislation. But see, that's what they want to do. They want to usher all of this stuff into one small little group and they want to control that shit from that point. And this is what we have to fight against in and out every day. And I'm going to play this video again because I think that this video was important that I played the other day to give you a reminder of what is actually happening in this world right now with money. Because this is part of that foundation we're talking about. 
is you got to remember, they're going to create the color revolution. They're going to create the social and the cultural destabilization, the political destabilization, the economic collapse. And then when that all ends, they're going to have their system and foundation in place to bring it all up. The solutions are going to be ready. Well, here is that solution. I've seen this clip of the CEO of BlackRock telling us what he believes the next generation of the markets is going to be, then you're going to want to watch this. And make sure you watch till the end as I don't think people realize the transition has already started and if you're not paying attention you could miss a huge opportunity. This technology is going to be very important. I am, I, you know, look at it. We have been part of a huge revolution in investing through ETFs. We believe that ETFs will be changing the whole way we invest. Many people still use it as a means, well, people are investing it f for indexing. No, the majority of people who are putting money in an index, in an ETF, are active investors that are buying exposure. The entire bond market is being transformed as we talk right now. I believe the next generation for markets, the next generation for securities will be will be tokenization of securities. And here's where things get crazy as I show you proof the next generation of markets is already here. The first being earlier this year, we saw JP Morgan stating they want to put Wall Street on the blockchain. And then just a couple months later, we see them debuting and announcing the launch of tokenized BlackRock shares. Another perfect example being earlier this year, HSBC estimated that there'll be trillions of dollars worth of assets tokenized by 2030. And then just a month ago, they announced they're going to be launching a platform that will tokenize gold for institutions. And finally, we're now even seeing governments give the green light to the markets to begin tokenizing. The point of all this being, do not miss the opportunity with the tokenizations. Okay. Vince, what was one of the top articles we talked about yesterday? I don't know. Which one? 64 branches shutting oh, yeah. down. Banks. Guess what you don't need if you have tokenization and centralized cryptocurrencies within private blockchains? Tellers. <laughs> bank tellers. tellers bank locations. Banks. You don't need vaults. It's all digital. Yeah. So... Remember when I said that, okay, so Joe Biden comes out and goes, Biden, Biden economics is working and inflation's coming down. No, it's not. Prices are not coming down. Wages aren't going up. People are just taking on more jobs to afford the shit that they can't afford. Okay. Interest rates are still pretty damn high. They came down like 7.8%, but still, still damn high. Okay. BlackRock, Goldman Sachs, JP Morgan Chase have been buying up what? single family real estate all throughout the country people can't buy those homes uh, wells fargo Many people can't, yeah jp morgan chase two years ago mm -hmm. during the covid pan pandemic they basically stopped remember the fed the federal government stepped in and stopped foreclosures with the, the bank deferments well one of the things that they did is they fired their entire law team that dealt with foreclosures so like last year when we were talking about there's 280 or 381% increase in the amount of foreclosures that happened within the last year and that's set to increase. The reason that that didn't increase is because those foreclosures are being held. And basically what's happening is banks are just taking that property back in. Why? Because they're not selling it at foreclosure auctions. They're not, they're basically just clearing out the loans and taking the properties in for themselves because this is the idea is if the bank owns the property and the bank has privatized tokenization and interest rates are incredibly high where you cannot go out and get an 8% mortgage to buy a $400,000 house, what happens is the bank steps in and says, hey, look, I'm going to offer you a privatized mortgage. I'm going to give it you give it to you at 4%, but you have to buy into this cryptocurrency and then exchange all of your direct deposit money directly into this crypt privatized cryptocurrency, which is accepted to the 7-Eleven, Kroger's, Walmart, Target and all these facilities, so you don't really have to do anything, just use our privatized tokenization. And now you can pay your mortgage in that privatized tokenization, you can pay your electric bill in that privatized tokenization. They do the interoperability exchange to real dollars or to central bank digital currencies, they facilitate all that back end of transactional history. But now, what happens is they control every aspect of your life through a privatized format. They own the real estate, you don't. They own the cryptocurrency, they own the blockchain, they own complete and total control of your programmable digital currency. That's the system that's being set up right now, economically. So, yeah. So what do we do about it? How do we fight against that? Well, you buy gold and silver, obviously, get goldtoday.com. 
okay? Buy gold and silver. You get involved in that. Mm -hmm. You buy decentralized cryptocurrencies. We're going to have an integration on decentralized media with cryptocurrency. The reason we are is because, number one, I want to teach people about actually why cryptocurrency is a good thing on the decentralized part, okay? So because of the unified ledger that the Bank of International Settlements put out, see, here's the catch-all is they put this out there saying privatized tokenization because they want the large financial institutions to act as basically central banks apart from central banks, okay? That's why they put that in there. But the term privatized tokenization with no federal regulational guidance behind it means that Vince Tagliavia can go out there, create his own privatized tokenization. And if he has a network of people who adopt it and a group of vendors who accept it, Vince, you're successful. You're good. And so with that type of idea is that we get to create our own decentralized digital pathways, our own parallel economy outside of government control and reach and regulation. And we get to do this internal to our own networks. Now, it doesn't have to all be that way, but it makes us not um, deep, makes us not, it makes us it puts us in the position to not be demonetized ever. Right. Or them programming your currency to say you can't buy any more meat this month yeah. because you already bought a chicken leg. Yeah. JP Morgan's digital currency says that you cannot spend any money at decentralized media. Uh, you can't buy a subscription. You can't watch this video. And every time you go there, your wallet blocks you from going in there. Well, if you were using another cryptocurrency like Ethereum or Bitcoin, um, well, now that works. And now you can access that stuff. So it also becomes this kind of single sign-on authority for accessibility to what's going to be known as Web 3.0, which is right around the corner and being developed up right now, which is going to be more of the, the internet of the future is going to be an intranet. It's not going to be an internet. It's going to be an intranet. It's going to be segregated. You're going to have partitions. Each partition is going to be its own blockchain. You'll have the Lightning Network. You'll have Ethereum. You'll have Solana. You'll have Binance. You'll have all these big ones, Avalanche, right? You'll have all these different blockchains. And then each one of them is going to have their own intranet. And people will build out on their own intranets. And then inside the intranet, you're going to have internets. Inner, not inter, internets to the intranets. So you're going to have a privatized network inside of a private network, inside of a decentralized network. And one of the beautiful things, guys, and if you want to think about it like this, is one of the great things about decentralized platforms like this and why it protects us from people like that is your computer becomes a node for its ability to do what it does. As long as your computer's in that network, it can do what it does. If you remove your computer from your network and go to another network, it still functions because everybody else is using it. But it bases itself on this kind of republic mentality of how our country was actually founded, is that you have to participate in the system in order for the system to work and operate. And that the system's rules and regulations are completely programmable towards what the people inside of the system want it to be. To where if you disagree with what the system is doing, you unplug your computer and you go to another system that you agree with. And this is the beauty of it is that you have that choice that's brought back to you. So I wanted to put that out there. And by the way, Sunday at um, 3 p.m. Eastern time on the social red pill, um, you can go into our introduction to cryptocurrency, which I'll be doing this Sunday. I want you to check that out. It's completely free to jo- uh, the, the subscribe to this. It's going to be about an hour long session. I'm going to be introducing cryptocurrency, talking about a lot of these analogies. If you want to get on that, that's a promotion for a mastermind that I do every Sunday called uh, uh, cryptocurrency or cryptocurrency and investing mastermind um, that you guys can get into. And that's on socialredpill.com. But Definitely something to look into. I mean, I'll, I, I can't tell you the amount of money that people who, who are in that course have made the last few months, but I can guarantee you it's buku money uh, because <laughs> crypto is rocking it right now. All right. So Elon yeah. Musk deleted that tweet. Yes, he That's did. sad. It was the one about human trafficking, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I talked about it this morning. I, uh, there's a screenshot of it. Yeah. Well, Charlie Munger has died. Uh, that's Warren Buffett's right-hand man. Died at the age of 99, the ripe age of 99. Wow. Um, 
I didn't post it on Twitter. I probably should have. But uh, did you see Jimmy Carter today? It looked like he was having a bad day. He looked very mouth breathy and ancient. Oh. A rare seat, rare sight. Yeah. yeah. But Melania was there. Yeah. Melania showed up. Absolutely. She ain't afraid. So Michael Schellenberg today put out the CTIL files. Um, U.S. and U.K. military contractors created sweeping plan for global censorship in the 2018, according to new documents. And this basically is is multiple times what uh, Twitter files was. And remember when I talked about this a few months ago? A Crete AI's Argus project. Remember when I talked about Argus? Yeah, a little bit. So Argus is uh, a Crete AI just got a new contract with the United States Department of Defense to come in and become their AI facilitation uh, named Argus. Now, the way Argus operates, and this plays dual parts here, what did the U, uh, what did uh, the DOD just say that they wanted to do? They wanted to uh, base or the Congress. U.S. Treasury wants the ability to go and kind of, hey, we want to find out who's using cryptocurrency here, here, and here, and here. And the DOD wants to find out which terrorists are spreading which information online. So Argus works very much similar to Defeat Disinfo, which was a project headed by uh, former General Stanley McChrystal in 2020 through the DNC, which used a DARPA-level AI to link in the blue checkmark accounts on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, so forth. And what it would do is anytime that Donald Trump posted something that went viral, it was, it would produce a counter narrative. It would go out there and create fake articles and publish them on Rolling Stone and then allow blue checkmark accounts to go post those fake articles. And it would do this automatically. The AI would to Donald Trump's comments to produce a counter narrative. Okay. That was the one. Now Stanley McChrystal is on the board of a Crete AI's Argus program and now they just got this DOD program. Well, what does the DOD program do? Exactly the same damn thing. It scours social media and takes in all this data and information and social media and goes out there and does pre-crime analysis. So it'll, it'll detect various different people on social media that it believes are working for sleeper cells for China yeah. or the, the Uthi or, or through uh, Hezbollah or Hamas or for a right-wing organization. They're they will, probably identifying their MK Ultra subjects through it. Oh, I wouldn't doubt it. But this is what Argus is going to be used for. So now this goes directly into what we're talking about here with the CTIL files is that the UK military contracts create sweeping plan for global censorship. Yes, using artificial intelligence like Argus, which basically becomes the new minority report, feeding social data in there, giving everybody a social credit rating through a system which rates you uh, depending upon the content and the information that you're putting out there put you on various different lists and watch lists to where the military is watching after you, which is a violation of posse comitatus. Yep. It's going to get bad before yeah. it gets good. And the, here's the thing is I haven't heard Donald Trump say one thing about removing any of that shit when he gets in the office. Yeah. The bad guys have control over technology right now, folks. Even AI. Yep. Look at it. Oh, yeah. The FBI is completely weaponized and out of control. The FBI and DOJ and NSA are monitoring the text messages of American citizens and showing up at their door. Huh. Isn't that what I just said with Argus, what the DOD is going to do? Louis Gormer said, you recognize anybody in this picture and it looks uh, similar to her. And she did. Uh, you know, gee, that looks a lot like uh, don't turn me in. A couple of days later, two FBI agents show up at her place of business demanding to know where she was on January 6th. She was in Kilgore, Texas, and they threatened her boss that she could go to prison for covering up. Um, is there any order of the court that allows the DOJ or the NSA to monitor text messages of American citizens? Response, you know, obviously the, there are court orders, whether they come from the courts, not from the FISA court, the federal FISA court. Uh, they authorize pursuant to law, search warrants, and surveillance. Louis Gormer replies, but search warrants under the Fourth Amendment have to describe with particularity the things to be searched and seized, and that's not happening. That has not been happening. Um, and so when you have no probable cause to go after somebody in Kilgore, Texas, and then, you know, we hear about this, well, that's not good. There's software that looks for specific words that allows you to go after anybody that hasn't committed crimes. This, wow, dude. Yeah. yeah. This is what they're doing, people. 
I could have played the video, but I'm not. Well, what's the ATF doing? Let's check it out. Yeah. Appears to be happening behind the scenes is that the ATF, which is the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms, they've been tracking American salaries as well as their private gun purchases in order to conduct warrantless surveillance of American citizens. Specifically, we here at the Epic Times, we were able to get our hands on several hundred pages of documents from within the ATF. And despite the fact that these documents were heavily redacted, what they showed was that ATF agents were requesting the FBI to conduct warrantless surveillance on American citizens. Now, that part was not really a shock to anyone. We all assume that the FBI is spying on us. However, what was surprising were the reasons that the ATF was citing as to why these people needed to be watched. These people committed no crimes. They did nothing illegal. Instead, the ATF was citing things like, quote, low salaries, past firearm purchases, and sending, quote, unquote, bizarre messages as the reason for the needed surveillance. Well, would you look at that? Bizarre messages is my quirk. I know. I, that's all I'm doing is putting bizarre <laughs> messages out there. Yeah. And the the bad thing about that is they could construe anything over text any which way they want. Mm-hmm. I text ridiculous stuff all the time, and you could take things out of context and misconstrue sarcasm. You could take a joke out of context or an inside joke. You know, so the spying is a dangerous thing. Yep. So now I got to find this. I know where it is. Hold on. I know where it is. I got to find this. This is good because this fits directly into everything that we're talking about right here. Oh, this is a little bit long, but Mm -hmm. it's well worth it. Really bad just happened with AI. And if you've been following it, I need your help because this is super effed up. Quick speed run. If you've not been paying attention. OpenAI, the company that makes ChatGPT, Sam Altman, out of the blue, fired last week. There's a ton of drama here about the board and who voted to fire him and who's out. I'm not going to go into a ton of depth about it. He was fired for a few days. Microsoft offered to take him. Then, like, almost 100% of the engineers that work at OpenAI threatened to quit if they didn't bring Sam back and fire the whole board. The coup got reverse coup, and Sam got brought back out. Whatever. What I want to talk about is the new board of directors and how it is a huge red flag for all of humanity right now that they chose this guy and this guy. And this is the only dude from the old board that stayed on. All of this at a very important time in the evolution of AI, which we are about to cover right now. So there's been rumors in the space for a while, like this one from March, I've been told that GPT-5 is scheduled to complete training this December, meaning like right now, um, and that OpenAI expects it to achieve AGI, Artificial General Intelligence. AGI is very controversial. It might be the end of the human race, or it might be the dawn of a new golden era where AI solves all of our problems. We're not totally sure. It really might be that drastic. But then the plot thickened when just recently, rumors started to circulate and have since mostly been confirmed about OpenAI's secret Q-Star program. And everyone has been trying to figure out why the hell did they fire Sam Altman? The board was super tight-lipped about it. There was really no reason given. The dude was loved by everyone, seeing as the hat, like the whole company threatened to resign if they didn't bring him back. But just recently, he made this statement at a conference about how just recently in the last couple of weeks, he was in the room when they sort of pushed the veil of ignorance back and the frontier of discovery forward. Like he saw some major breakthrough in AI recently. Quick conspiracy theory side quest. Um, Sam Altman recently started attending the Bilderberg Group like last year. You know, top secret meetings where all the most powerful people get together secretly. This year, AI was the top of their agenda. He also attended last year. I'm just gonna let you read this. But anyways, back on topic. AI might have just taken a great leap forward. And this guy might have been privy to it or watched it happen or been in some way involved. And we're not sure. One thing we do know is that Elon has been stressed about this. He's been all over Twitter trying to figure out what's going on. Not sure if that's because he's trying to compete with them from a business perspective or if he's worried that like AI might destroy the human race in the coming weeks. Maybe a bit of both. But anyways, here's where the story gets interesting. These two women down here are both effective altruists. 
that ringing any bells for any of y'all? Anyone remember this shit bag? But it gets confusing because this guy was a piece of shit. And so you think like two effective altruists on this board, they must be shitty too. But as far as I can tell, they were the voice of like, pump the brakes, slow down, caution on the AI, let's be careful, let's think about the ethics of this. Like, it sounds like they were super creative. So, I'm going to fast forward this a little bit. Who are the new board members? That's the question. Let's talk about this. Understanding of this thing, despite them just being interns at Twitter. Again, I don't give a shit what your politics on these last bit machines. Homie is 100% a part of big tech, big money. Former CTO and speaking of Speaking of big money, the other person they named to their now three person board of directors is Larry Summers. And I don't know if I could come up with a more evil and corrupt human being than Larry Summers. There is no one in the world that would be a more concerning person to be in charge of the future of artificial intelligence than Larry Summers. This guy was instrumental in repealing Glass-Steagall, which basically let banks... He's the former head of the World Bank, former Secretary of Treasury of the United States, Bilderberg Group member, World Economic Forum member. And what happened is Sam Altman got pushed out because he was moving towards AGI. The effective altruists wanted to basically stop all of that from happening. They reverse cooed it put Sam Altman back in and Larry Summers comes in with the, you know, think world economic forum, world bank globalist in control of artificial intelligence. Now, don't you find it coincidental and just a little bit weird that the guy who's bringing about artificial general intelligence, his last name is alt man. Yeah, that's kind of odd. Alternative man, alt man. I yeah. just, that's I find that wild. highly unusual. <laughs> what the hell is going Almost on? Almost like this is like you're watching a movie or something. Like, like this isn't real. Like this is some, you know, solipsistic fantasy created by my mind or something. Yeah, that's oh, wild. Oh my god. Okay, there's a there's a little bit more news. Um, I'm not going to touch on the Trump stuff. Jim Price is going to touch on a lot of that uh, after this. North Korea took some pretty pictures of the Pentagon and the White House. Like, we can walk outside and take those in Washington, D.C. Um, what was that breaking news? Breaking okay, news, no, we, eh? we already covered all that on the other side. Okay, um, it's my son's birthday. I got to really? I got Yeah, cool. it is. My son's, he's 12 today. So, happy birthday, Kian. I love you, buddy. I got him a pretty sweet gaming setup. I gave him my two old, oh. well, not my two brand new monitors I never used. Got yeah. him all set up on 4K, and then I got him a streaming set. So I'm gonna put him on Twitch and get him all set up on there. But awesome. I gotta go. I gotta go sing happy birthday to him and have a little bit of cake. Um, I want to give a big thanks to everybody. Oh yeah, we got a whole bunch of stuff happening here. Everybody who uh, supporting the Red Pill Project out there, get her done five lemons, Dean the Bean nine one one four ice cream, yay two lemons. Thank you so much, get her done, Dean the Bean, and yay. Uh, Enlightened Science two ice cream, Vader three six nine, get to the can RPG thirty five seventy three four ice cream. Thank you so much, Enlightened Science Vader three six nine. Uh, Rummy two lemons, Qtara five ice cream, Upstate Work one diamond. Uh, thank you so much, Rummy Qtara and Upstate Work. Uh, Stephen Greer is scared of keeping up with Jashopedia, probably. Uh, thanks so much. Upstate work. Uh, Bank Veritas just followed. Welcome, Ben K. Veritas. Appreciate the follow. Go on over to redpills.tv and socialredpill.com. Head over there. Meet the fam. Uh, Robert Starnes gifted the shades. Thank you so much, Robert. Uh, Babaloo, supporter plus plus on Rumble. Here's the Josh and Vince, $50 on Rumble. Thank you so much, Babaloo. And Grismo73 Lemons. Guys, uh, a few different things. Number one. Pet Club 247, really easy. Redpills.tv slash pets, redpill.tv slash coffee, or redpill.tv, redpills.tv slash mushroom. Uh, go to redpills.tv. All of that stuff's linked up there. So all you have to remember is redpills.tv, including the social red pill, which is linked up there. And that's a, one of the best ways to help support everything that we do here, going over there, getting a subscription. The, all the subscriptions, by the way, are one week uh, um, free trial. And I don't think the Apple one, so if you're on the Apple app, I don't think the Apple ones are initiated yet. So just use the web browser or an Android phone. Uh, but those should be approved here in about a day or so. But guys, 
Much love, respect. God bless you guys. We'll have a new outro here soon as well. But you guys take care. We'll see you guys tomorrow night. Good night. Either we will get the full cooperation of other governments to stop this menace, or we will expose every bribe, every kickback, every payoff, and every bit of corruption that is allowing the cartels to preserve their brutal reign. And it is indeed brutal. And uh, they call me I patch the game. <laughs> I, say it's, I think it's, I, I haven't, look. Frankly, uh, if you look at the media, where the media is a closed media, we don't have an open free media anymore. They don't want to hear anything. They don't write about it. It's, a, it's collusive. It's, uh, nobody's ever seen anything like it. It all happened during this period of time. It happened just before the election. They wouldn't talk about certain subjects that you know better than anybody, Michael. And, uh, you know, that's the beginning of communism.